As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Runner, and we're so glad that you are with us today. And we're all here except Philip Runner. Four of us. One of us is missing, but Philip is doing his ministry in the United States, and we're so glad that he is. But I want to say welcome to Joel, Paul, and Denise. Guys, here we are. Thank you, Rick. And Home Group, welcome. It's just such a privilege to come and be with you. It is. Hey, Paul. Hi, everybody. Thank you for inviting me to the home group tonight. I have missed a few weeks of home groups. I'm sorry for not being here. Please forgive me. Hey, Joel. Hey, it's so good to be with you, my friends. And Paul, we, we're really glad you're with us also. Thank you, Joel. Mm -hmm. And hey, I want to say thank you for your emails, for your phone calls. So many people are responding to this series. And a lot of people are ordering this 10-part series. And if you haven't ordered yours, you should. It is the first time ever that I taught my book, which is by the same name. I've never taught this book. But chapter by chapter, we begin to look at how we can partner with the Holy Spirit. It is so powerful. And it comes with a study guide. <laughs> I always say that because I like my study guides. I work really hard on my study guides. And right now, this one's free. All you have to do is go to renner.org and you can get your study guide right now online, and it's huge. You will be amazed. And guess what? I just saw that there is a Methodist church that is using this entire series for every one of their Wednesday night services oh, right now. Oh, praise God. I'm so glad. That's blessed my heart. I wrote to the guy that's leading it today and just said, thank you so much. You know, it would be great for you to use in a Bible study or in your church. And by the way, if you need prayer, we're a ministry that really believes in prayer. And so if you'll call us, send us an email, just reach out to us. And it's really true that the moment we hear from you, we begin to pray and we release our faith. You know, it's good to have somebody who knows how to pray in faith. It's not just enough to pray. You need to pray in faith. God responds to faith. And if you reach out to us, we'll pray in faith. And we believe God will really move in your life. So let us know how to pray for you. Joel? You know, Dad, I was thinking about faith not long ago. And you might have faith. I pray you do. Faith is so very important for us to have. But around us, we, here we have faith all around us. It's just awesome. But, you know, in your work area, wherever you work, people around you probably don't have faith. And whenever you call us and we connect and we believe together for God to do a miracle in your life, those miracles really do happen. We have testimonies and testimonies and testimonies of miracles that happen in people's lives. And I just want to say, if, if you don't have faith around you, please call us. We'll be happy to pray with you. Joel, that is marvelous. Well, tonight we're going to continue looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we've already seen that there are 10 major works that the Holy Spirit does in our life. And last week we looked at the first five. Number one. The Holy Spirit comforts us. We saw that in John 14, verse 16, and we really examined the word comfort, the Greek word parakletos, what it means. Number two, in John 14, 17, we found the Holy Spirit indwells us, which means our heart is not a hotel. Our heart is a home. Number three, in John 14, 26, we saw that one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to teach us. He really is a teacher. And then we saw... Number four, in John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit reminds us 
of everything Jesus did and everything Jesus said. Then we saw in John 15, 26, that the Holy Spirit testifies to us about Jesus, and he testifies through us to others about Jesus. But hey, there's more. And this week we're going to see number six, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. That's in John 16, 9. Then in John 16, 10, next we're going to see the Holy Spirit convinces us of righteousness. Hallelujah. Number eight, in John 16, 13, we're going to see the Holy Spirit guides us. Then in John 16, 13, we're going to see the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. He is a revealer. And in John 16, 14, the Holy Spirit helps us to worship. Amen. But tonight, guys, we're going to focus on two. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, and the Holy Spirit convinces us of righteousness. And I want us to go to the scripture in John 16, verse 8. You got your Bibles? Mm -hmm. And in John 16, verse 8, Jesus is meeting with his disciples in the upper room and just to create the context. John 14, 15, 16, 17, even John 13, all of it is one event. Isn't that amazing? John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all of it one event. And all of it is taking place in the upper room, which was a room that belonged to the mother of John Mark. And John Mark's uncle was Barnabas. It was all in the family. And this was the house that Jesus came to all the time because they surrendered their house to Jesus. Jesus occupied their home. And that's what happens when you give your house to Jesus. He occupies your living room. Amen. But they were all gathered together. And Jesus said in John 16, verse 8, he's teaching the disciples his last teaching he will ever give them before the cross. And he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will reprove the world of sin. What does the world reprove mean? Well, I'm going to read you from my notes. Listen to this, guys. It means to expose, to convict, or I like this even better, to cross-examine for the purpose of conviction as when convicting a lawbreaker in a court of law. It is the image of a lawyer who brings forth evidence that is indisputable and undeniable so that the accused person's actions are irrefutably brought to light and as a result, the offender is exposed and convicted. And in this case, it is describing the conviction of sinners, the wonderful convicting power of the Holy Spirit when suddenly the Word of God becomes so razor sharp that it penetrates a sinner's soul until he feels as if he has been cross-examined on a witness stand and finally the verdict has been announced and he understands for the very first time, I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. And this is so supernatural it can only be brought to pass by the work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're told in Ephesians 4, verses 18 and 19, that unbelievers are alienated from the life of God. That word alienated makes, tells us they are hard-hearted, they're spiritually blind, they are past feeling. It's amazing to me that people can be in sin and they don't even feel bad about what they do. They're past feeling. That's exactly what the Bible says. They don't even feel anything wrong about what they're doing. And... The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, verse 1, it's because they're spiritually dead. Well, there's something else. When you come to 
1 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says about sinners that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not, blinded them. Huh. The word blinded is the word to flow. Listen to this. It doesn't just mean to blind. It is one who has been intentionally blinded by somebody else. And in fact, this word blinded describes a person who doesn't even have eyes. Well, how do you make a blind man see? If you're trying to share Christ with somebody that's lost, but they don't have eyes, they can't see. If they don't have ears, they can't hear. What gives them eyes? How do you make a blind man see? How do you help a person with no ears suddenly hear? And the answer is, the preaching of the gospel creates eyes to see. The preaching of the gospel creates ears to hear. And if there's no preaching of the gospel, they will remain blind and deaf. But when the gospel is preached, the glorious light of the gospel suddenly gives them eyes and ears and the Holy Spirit goes to work and suddenly that person sees what they have never seen before. I'm in sin. That's talking about me. Sin? Hell? Eternity? Never had that thought in their life, but suddenly something happens. So when we're talking about the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, it's actually an act of mercy, meaning it's actually an act of love. You, it may seem that when you talk about the Holy Spirit and you say that one of the things that he does is convict people of their sin, that may seem unloving, but it's actually full of love and full of mercy because it's giving people the eyes they need. It's giving people the ears they need. It's giving people the revelation that they need so that they can make the correct corresponding actions. That's exactly right, Paul. It's and if, mercy. And if we don't preach and tell them the truth, they will never see it, they will never hear it. And one reason that it is so frustrating when you try to share Christ with people and they don't respond, it's like they're not interested, they don't have eyes, they don't have ears. Mm -hmm. But the more you share, that's when the Holy Spirit begins the work of creating the eyes. It's as miraculous as Jesus creating eyes in the head of somebody with no eyes. When the Holy Spirit begins to give a spiritually blind man eyes, it's when you begin to share the gospel. Joel? I have a question. A lot of people say, well, I don't need to preach the gospel. I just need to be an example of what a Christian is. That's wrong. So this, that means that's wrong. It's great to be an example, but it's the preaching of the gospel that creates the eyes and gives the ears. Wow. And people are so spiritually blind, they will never come to God unless there is a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit to bring them. That's why when we preach and evangelize, we need to work with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 6, 44, no man can come into the Father except the Spirit draw him. It is a divine moment. And when you read Ephesians 5, verse 14, it describes that moment when God speaks to the human spirit and says, awake, Thou that sleepest, rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. That's the moment when the human spirit is suddenly awakened. To, it's a spiritual awakening, a recreation, but it's a result of the preaching of the gospel. And you know, Denise, it's amazing. When the Holy Spirit cross-examines you, you really know you're a sinner. Maybe, maybe it's not even a sinner. Maybe you've been doing something as a Christian that's wrong. 
and you've kind of tolerated it in your life. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows you and you feel like you are just totally confronted. Ay, 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 ay. And you understand you're convicted like a person on a witness stand. Paul? Uh, Mom, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I did. I wanted to give a little testimony. Um, I heard this testimony many years ago. Actually, this person is on our staff. And many years ago, she was just like lost sinner. I mean, you know, doing things she shouldn't do and, and drugs and other guys and all of this kind of lifestyle. And um, so she was invited to a meeting. This is an amazing testimony. <laughs> and she, she went to the meeting because she thought the guy that asked her to the meeting was kind of cute. And that maybe, you know, she could have a day with him. And he was the one that was preaching. So she goes to the meeting. She's sitting there in the meeting. He says, if you'd like to come forward and receive Christ, just raise your hand. She's like, oh, he's inviting me to have a date with him. She raises her hand. <laughs> she went forward not to repent. She wanted to be closer to him physically. So she gets down there. Now, something miraculous happened because... Now these people are standing there and everybody is supposed to say, Jesus is Lord. At that moment, now she's still wanting to, you know, make eye contact with, you know, the preacher. And um, when she was supposed to say, Jesus is Lord, she, she couldn't say it out of her mouth. Well, she didn't know what all that was about. She went out of the church service. She kind of understood that after that, that he really wasn't asking for a date. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she went out of the church service, and there was a, a miracle that was happening. And she saw this young boy that was in this, um, all this braces and everything, and his body was like, convulse I would say and and she saw this young boy in the meeting and out in the parking lot the Holy Ghost touched that boy somebody prayed for that boy and people started screaming and yelling because it was such a miracle and that little boy they were taking that braces off of him and his arms were acting completely normal and our, our friend she saw it and was completely convicted of her sin. And she received Christ right at that moment. And, and it, was the, it was the miraculous. But honey, she was so deep in sin. Yeah. And was hard-hearted, blind. I mean, she did Just not... like you said, eyes gone But in out that moment, the Holy Spirit gave her eyes. He gave her eyes. It is really miraculous. But we have to move on. Because the Holy Spirit's next job is to convince us of righteousness. Mm -hmm. That is what Jesus said in John 16, verse 10. And the word, actually the King James Version says, he will reprove the world of righteousness. The word reprove, it's the same Greek word, which means, here it is again, to expose, convict, or to cross-examine for the purpose of conviction as when convicting a lawbreaker in a court of law. But in this time, in regard to righteousness, it's used in a positive sense. And rather than convicting somebody of sin, it means to convince somebody of something. 
It is the picture of a lawyer who works diligently to convince people of a new way of thinking or a new way of seeing things. In this case, the lawyer isn't trying to convict someone of a crime. He's working to convince something of something they need to see. And it depicts the convincing work of the Holy Spirit specifically to convince us that once we're saved, we're righteous. Now, this is something that people really struggle with. I never knew I was righteous. I was saved for years and years and years and years and years. I was righteous as could be because the moment you are saved, you're made the righteousness of God in Christ. I never knew that. And I grew up in church. And I remember one time I ran into somebody who really knew he was righteous. And he had such a boldness when he spoke. And I remember thinking, that guy needs to be more humble. <laughs> that guy is so arrogant. He just knew who he was in Christ. But I thought, he needs to tone it down. And then one day, I was listening to a tape by Kenneth Hagin on the righteousness of God. And just like the Holy Spirit gives a sinner eyes to see, in one moment, I saw something I never seen in my life. I saw that God made Christ to be sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And just like it takes a miracle for a sinner to see that he is a sinner, it takes the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit for you to really understand you are righteous. It is a revealing of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to give you an example. Has anybody ever paid you a compliment that you rejected? I don't like it when people do that. I do not like it when you say, you look so good today. No, I don't. I do not like it when people do that. Or you say to somebody, you've lost weight, and they say, oh, I'm just so fat. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's <laughs> not what I said to you, but they just throw it right back in your face. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, we do it to God all the time. God has made us righteous, and we say, no, not really, not really. It is like throwing the compliment right back in the face of God. Mm -hmm. God is so proud of the work that he's done in us. Mm -hmm. And listen to this. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for God hath made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. Isn't that amazing? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But when we respond by telling God how dirty we are and how filthy we are, it's like slapping God and just throwing the compliment right back in his face. God has done a marvelous work in us. And in fact, the work is so marvelous. The Apostle Paul describes it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, like this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That word created and the word workmanship, ay, 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 the Greek word poema, it is the word that was used to describe a literary masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. We are. So I don't feel much like a masterpiece. Then you need the Holy Spirit to do some convincing. And he's right there right now to remove your blinders so you can see for the first time who you really are. And when you know who you are, it changes the way that you carry on in life. It changes what you think about yourself. It changes how others perceive you because you begin to act differently. It changes the way that you pray. 
It is a powerful, powerful truth to know that you are righteous. But Jesus said, it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to convince us of righteousness. And because it's the Greek word reprove or convince, it means the Holy Spirit is so committed to this that if we'll open our ears and listen, he'll be like a lawyer. He'll bring forth irrefutable evidence from the scripture to indisputably prove and to convince you just as seriously as he convinces a sinner that he's in sin, he will convince you that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, Rick, I think we listened to the same tape. I'm not sure, but... We probably... It was a very famous tape that he did. I listened to it three times because... Only? Three times. I listened and listened and listened to that. Well, I was arguing with it. Ah. But, 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 that's what I was saying to the Lord. But, and just like you said, he convinces us like a lawyer. He finally said to me, he said, Denise... Are you going to believe you or are you going to believe my word? And I went, oh, well, he was convincing me. And the Holy Spirit convinced me through that teaching of that word that I was righteous. And that, you know, Rick, I walked around so condemned. You didn't even want to pray with me. And <laughs> because my prayers were so mealy-mouthed, but... When the Holy Spirit showed me I was righteous, that I was accepted, that I was as righteous as I was ever going to be in front of him, that I was loved as ever I was ever going to be, that was done through the blood of Jesus. And there's such a rest in that. Oh, my gosh. It changed my life. Paul? I have no idea what mealy mouth means. That means me, oh my, I'm so bad. Okay, oh, that's okay. a new one for me. Oh, okay, mealy mouth. Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> Thank so, you, Paul. I'm just thinking about, you know, people say, well, you just need to renew your mind, you renew your thinking, renew wow. your thinking. But it sounds like to me, you guys have been Christians for many years before you learned that you are righteous. Not because of what you're doing, but because of what Jesus did. Exactly. And it wasn't about renewing your mind anymore. You needed that revelation. Well, we needed the revelation that came from the Word of God. Yes. So it is a renewing of the mind, but it, but it is the work of the Holy Spirit who really uh, gives you that spark to understand. Mm -hmm. It's supernatural, Paul. Amen. And it's something that he continues to do. Yes. There's such a balance in that. He convicts you of sin, but he also convicts you of your righteousness or convinces you of your righteousness. There's a balance in that. Yeah. And as we follow Christ, he continues to tell us what we need to do different. And we just keep following and we keep following him and he continues to teach us. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a process that will never end and I hope it doesn't end for you either. Joel? You know, in Hebrews, there's a chapter where it talks about the hall of faith or the hall. You chapter know, 11. It talks about righteous people, and when you read that list, you, you start thinking to yourself, well, if he's righteous, that's pretty amazing. And uh, it really just tells me that it's not what we do. It's what Jesus did. And that's what my translation says in uh, John chapter 16, verse 10. Righteousness is, Jesus is saying, righteousness is available because I go to the Father. Mm. And I like that translation. It's a gift. Righteousness, it, it actually in Romans chapter 5, it is called the gift of righteousness. But guys, we're out of time. This has really been good, but I just have to say one more thing. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us. And just like he convinces sinners of sin, as you walk in the Lord, if you have things that are wrong in your life, he'll continue to give you eyes to see that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. 
You may not even realize it's wrong. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's something that you're thinking. And the Holy Spirit will suddenly let you see, wow, I don't need to do that. Or the Holy Spirit will show you you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the convicting and convincing ministry of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing? I love it. But hey, we're just getting started. When we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see the next thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. But please be sure to order the whole series called The Holy Spirit and You and get the study guide. It's free. Just go to renner.org to download it right now. And if we can pray for you, let us know how to pray. We want to pray for you. But I am so excited to get back here tomorrow night and talk about the next ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. But sleep well. Claim Psalm 4, verse 8, which says, I will lay down in peace and sleep and the Lord will keep me safely. We'll see you tomorrow, bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.